They say you should never judge a book by its cover. Well, you also shouldn't judge someone until you know their story. So my wicked awesome sisters and I are coming together to tell ours. Sharing our story isn't an excuse. It's an explanation. And now, Wicked Awesome Sisters Podcast. Last week on Wicked Awesome Sisters. We could always count on him. How long ago did Sal pass away? Actually, I remember he passed away when I was 15, so eight years ago. And do you guys have any contact with any of his family? And now the continuation of our story. Actually, no. The funny thing is, is so one of his sons moved into his house, but he left a whole bunch of stuff in his will for me. And they contested the will. Shut up. Really? Mm-hmm. And they won. Yes. I remember asking to go to the service as well. Like the, I think they're called mem- like the service or memorial, whatever it's called. And they said that we weren't allowed to come. You guys weren't allowed to go to the funeral service? No. I asked for some of his ashes as well. And they said no. It was the most heartbreaking thing to me. Like when he got, so he was 96 when he passed away. And when he was, it it only took him like six months when he got sick. He was really sick. And his son came from New York and moved in. So because he lost his job in New York. So he needed to move in with Sal. Um, and then he got, he started getting sick as soon as his son moved in. And I would come around, but he, like his son always just made me feel so unwelcome. So I stopped coming around as much. And then I remember, um, I wasn't living with Myra. I was living with Carly, like I said. And I stopped by after, before a basketball game at my high school and to see him. And that was the last time I ever saw him. And it was November. It was the second week of November. And he passed away on Thanksgiving that year. And I remember like calling his son and being like hey can i please come to the service and he was like no i just don't think it's a great idea why would you not want someone to celebrate the life of your family member they didn't like myra like myra has been the reason so many people have separated themselves from us Mm -hmm. they they did not like her so they were punishing autumn they didn't like his kids can't stand Myra and I'm sure living across the street from her is like the worst. Well, the and they- thing is, his, his, one of his sons lived in Sanford or maybe as far as Orlando, which isn't, I mean, I know everybody knows, but Orlando is only like an hour away. And I probably actually met this son maybe less than 20 times. Like he was never really around. He was never an active part at least when at least when I was you know going over there all the time but he was never there he never came to see his dad living that close and everything and we as much as we meant to sell or as much as Sal meant to us we meant the same to Sal you know we were his family and when I wasn't I was living in Chicago when Sal passed away like I said but um when I heard about that situation I was extremely upset because Autumn and Echo and Lee, I mean, 
they were they were his grandchildren. We were all his grandchildren pretty much. So to be told you can't come because of because of some because of your mother, something that we're ch- we were children. We have no control over who our mother is. Who who was he trying to spite because Sal would have wanted all of us at his memorial. I remember we went out to dinner one time with his son and me, Sal, his son, and his son's wife. Sal invited me to dinner. He said, hey, do you want to go to dinner? And his son happened to show up that day. And he was like, oh, like, do you want to come to dinner with us? And he was, his son was so mad that he was going out to dinner with me. He was like, why are you taking her to dinner? Like, he was upset about it. It just, like, I never got it. I never liked him because, first off, he didn't like me, which I never understood why he didn't like me, but I knew he didn't. He made it very clear. I never understood why he didn't like me. It was, like, really upsetting because, like, whenever he was around, I wouldn't come around. And so I would be like, oh, I didn't see you. And obviously he had missed me because he said, oh, I didn't see you today. Like, what was wrong? What's going on? Like, you know. Well, I'm wondering if part of the reason is, you know, we've already said you guys were being punished because of Myra. He didn't like Myra. Not Sal, but his children. I also wonder if maybe, you know, he found you guys to be somewhat of a threat. Especially if he's going to contest a will, you know, and if he's like down on his luck or whatever, and maybe Sal had even said like, you know, I want to leave this. Can you make sure this happens X, Y, Z? Maybe he saw you guys as a threat. And also, I wonder if maybe he thought that, you know, you were the offspring of Myra. Maybe you're trying to take advantage of his dad. I mean, maybe he was just protective, right? I mean... No, 100% I can see that. Like, you know, you're just trying to protect your dad. But it was never that case. Like, if he came around more, then I would believe that. But he was never around. Yeah, exactly. I will say this, though. My grandmother was my everything. She was my best friend. I talked to her all the time. At least, at least once a week, I called my grandma. And to this day, I have regrets about it. But I did not get down to see her as often as I should have, which is why I said that if you have grandparents, like love them, cherish those moments, because even though you might not see somebody, you know, pulling in the driveway or whatever, doesn't mean that they're not close or that they don't have a relationship. I was very, very close with my grandmother and I uh, definitely did not go to see her all the time. And I can see Amber like raising her hand. I'm wondering if you're going to say, well, you lived in Michigan or I lived in Fort Myers. Even when I lived in Orlando, when I went to college, my grandma lived in Ocala. And I'm not, I mean, my my grandpa is cool too. Like I'm not by any means like dissing him, but my grandma was literally like my best friend. But they, Ocala is like the same distance as Deltona to, to Orlando. It's like an hour, hour and a half, right? I still didn't get down there as often as I should have. I'm not saying that that's the case with Sal's kids. They might just be assholes, but I can see it from the perspective of what I experienced with my grandmother. I do agree, but I know um, because I also saw how they were when they were together. It was, it didn't seem, I mean, I guess what did I know about what a good father son relationship was or mother daughter relationship but it just seemed like there was always it was always tense when his son was around I don't remember really the other ones I mean I know that he has two other ones but I specifically remember the one because he's the one that I saw 
when I did see them. I think they did call him. And guys, it's really not for us to judge like his relationship with his kids. All I know is Sal's relationship with us was great, and he was great to us. That's all yes. I can say. A hundred percent. I think that he was great to us. I think that he was great to his kids. I can't really say their relationship. They did call a hundred percent, and I know life gets busy, so I understand. I'm not gonna sit here and judge them, and I think that I'm just glad that we had him. Can I'm we just-, just talk about Sal's signature outfit real fast? Because I forgot to bring that up in my um thing. And I know Echo and Autumn are can already picture it right now with his little short old man shorts and his flannel shirt that he cut the sleeves off, his little flannel button-up shirt that he cut the sleeves off that was so like he wore so many times it was so old and so thin, but it was paper so soft. Thin. It was paper thin. I actually have a photo of it, but I can see it right now because I have a whole bunch of photos of him hung up in my office. It's like this really faded, faded, like gray flannel, paper thin shirt, almost like swim trunk material, it looks like. And every single day he wore like the same outfit. And then when he was going out, it was a pair of cargo shorts and a blue button up shirt. Except for in the winter, it was blue jeans and that same blue shirt. And then a black windbreaker. So since you're going with all this, I'm going to go back to our prequel. What image comes to your mind when you think of Sal? What inanimate object comes to mind when you think of Sal? A cookie, but a very specific cookie. (laughs) Of course, it's a very specific cookie. Oh, my God. When we were growing up, he would give me these Sicilian cookies shaped like an S. And you would dip them in coffee. It's actually making me kind of tear up. And that is what I think of when I think of him. Sometimes it switches and it can go like other things. And sometimes I think of a bowl of cereal of cornflakes with coffee and creamer. Because that's what he would eat every single morning. I can hear it in your voice. It's hard to, you know, reminisce and reflect on, you know, the ones that we've loved, that we've lost. And I know for me, I... uh I can't even really talk about my grandma without crying. And like, I'm just listening to you guys talk about Sal and I'm getting all teary eyed because I'm hearing how you guys are reminiscing about him and like his little quirks and the things that he'd buy or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, my grandma and like the things that she used to do. And I think it's just so funny how, you know, these people become such a huge part of your life. And it's like, God, like they're still a part of you, but like you, like I still, I still like want to call my grandma and tell her things, right? My God, my God, we're going to set a record. Ash is going to cry in two episodes in one season. (laughs) Um, Like I forget, I forget sometimes that she's gone. Okay. So I, I just got a special, oh God, here we go. Here comes the tears. (laughs) I just got a promotion at work. The first person I wanted to call was my grandma. That's not a metaphor. I legitimately forget that she's gone. I forget. And I go to call her. And then I remember. And then I have like a five to ten minute breakdown. And then I, you know, wipe away the tears and move on. So I know how hard it is for you guys uh, losing Sal. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that I... I'm so grateful that you guys had him. I'm so grateful that he was there. You guys can pass on those memories to your families and share them with the world. 
and pass on his kindness. He used to always say, instead of what the heck, he used to always say, what the heckin', what the heckin'? I so now I still say it. What the heckin'? All right. Well, we're going to coin it right now. You heard it here on Wicked Awesome Sisters. What the heckin'? Autumn, I know uh, for you, you know, you didn't just lose Sal. You also lost your dad. And I and mind you, Echo, it's also Echo's father. Jack is Echo and Autumn's father. But it really affected you, Autumn. Yeah, I lost my dad when I was 17. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever been through. I can recall the day vividly. It was actually six years ago on the 6th that it happened of February. I remember I spent the night at his house the night before and I had just got a puppy with my fiance at the time, who was my ex-husband. And we just got a puppy and we were hanging out and he and I went to McDonald's that morning. And then after McDonald's, he dropped me off at Myra's house because him and Lee were going to go hang out and run errands. Then he called me probably at like 4 p.m. and was like, hey, can you help me jump my car? And I said, hey, my car's not working right now. Myra and I will be there in a little bit. We were actually going to buy my, my a new car today, that day. We were going to buy me a, a pickup truck that I've been looking at from my best friend, Casey. Her grandpa gave her one and she was going to sell it to me. So we were going to go buy that. And... He called me two more times. I was like, hey, Myra's not ready yet. Like, I don't, like, stop calling me so much. You're annoying me. I remember that being one of the last things that I ever said to him. And then Casey keeps calling me a whole bunch of times. She's like, hey, when are you guys coming? And I was like, hey, they lived probably not even three minutes away from each other. I was like, hey, I keep calling my dad. He's not answering. Would you stop by there? Uh, and you guys could probably do do this without me. And she's like, yeah, sure. And she was the one that actually found my dad uh, dead. And I remember she calls me. She's like, hey, I think there's something wrong. He's laying here. He's not, like, responding. And so we rush over there. They do all they can. And they said, hey, like, I suggest you don't look. Like, this is the last, like, this is how you'll remember him. And they try to incubate or intubate him and like he has this tube down his throat and they lay with his body until they get there to bring him away. My brother and I like we laid with his body and it was one of the hardest things ever. And I remember that night I didn't get to go to sleep until like three or four in the morning. And I remember waking up the next morning and going to Cracker Barrel and I go to call my dad. And I just think that it's a dream that it all happened. It felt so, like, surreal, like, unreal. Like, it was crazy. He didn't answer. Like, reality set in. But it was, like, super hard for me because, like, I spent every day with Sal. I spent every day with my dad. There was not a day that I didn't see my dad. I was definitely a daddy's girl. I loved my dad. So it was super hard for me to take that loss. And then it was also super hard for me because I was 17 I didn't have a great parent. I had Myra and then I had my dad and my dad was like, try to do the best he could to take care of me with his limitations. Cause Myra was crazy. He could never do more than, he, more than she would allow. Yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> You're such a bad bitch. 
you know, my mom said, you know, none of the men in Myra's life were innocent and, you know, whatever, you know, I, their part was whatever, but I will say Jack was always so kind to me. Um, so giving and I, I don't have a bad experience with him, what he did in his personal life. I don't really know. I never really had a bad experience with him myself. And he was always very kind to me. And I know he loved you guys. I, like I said, I knew he loved uh, you and Eric, Amber, very much. When, um, when Myra and Jack first met, I was, you know, innocent. I didn't know what any of that meant, but I just know that Jack was, he was so good to me. Like he, this is before Echo came around because when Echo was born, Echo was the love of his life. But before that I was at the time, I didn't realize it because I was so young, but I was his stepdaughter. And this is before even the affair information came out. I mean, he treated me as if I was his own and that continued even after everything came out and you know, Tim found out that the two kids were actually Jack's and not his. And with everything, I mean, my dad was clearly very angry with Jack because he trusted Jack with Myra thinking that nothing was going on. And even through all that, like, I was always afraid that Jack was going to like shy away from me in some way because my dad was being mean to him and calling him names. And, you know, they physically fought God knows how many times. And that never affected the way that Jack looked at me or talked to me or treated me or anything. I mean, even years and years later when Dan and I were together and anytime I would be on the phone with one of the kids or with Myra, if Jack was there, he always wanted to say hi to me and ask me how I was doing. And, you know, he's so proud of me and he missed me. And I did see a lot of Jack's dark sides, but in a way Jack was a hero to me as much as, as much stuff, came along with him coming into our lives. Like he definitely supported Myra's habits and her doing worse things, you know, but he also did great things for her. Like he bought her a bar that she could have made into a very successful, even after they were split up, he started her a lawn business, which could have been very successful. You know, he always tried to make sure that she was set up so that we were set up. It was always at the end of the day to make sure the kids were taken care of. You know, he, he was the one that would spend his last $2 to take you and get you a McDouble at McDonald's because you hadn't eaten, you know? So he always made sure we had school clothes. We had school supplies. I mean, you name Micro it. We microwave hamburgers. Microwave hamburgers. <laughs> I didn't, didn't experience that. I was, I went, me and Jack went to McDonald's probably every day, if not every other day. But I was lucky enough to... um not um not experienced the microwave hamburgers but maybe maybe that's the difference between me and my sisters maybe it's because i didn't eat it and that's why i am the way that i am yeah maybe there's something to be said about microwave hamburgers <laughs> yeah i um uh, i you know it's funny we're talking about jack and i can totally see him in my head and i can see his mannerisms and i can hear his voice and i just remember one time him like referring to Myra and be like she's just crazy you know like just like even he had his moments with her. And then also going back to with what my mom said, when things would happen, Jack, I remember used to call my mom a lot about getting the kids. And I think 
somewhere in his heart, like he knew that my mom and Char would have given them a much better life or given you guys a much better life, not them, you guys, given you guys a much better life than him. And certainly Myra could have, because I, I, I will say, like I said, he was always very kind to me always. And honestly, Tim was too. Uncle Tim, I mean, always was very good to me. I always refer to it as like friends in low places because Uncle Tim was the kind of uh, friend or uncle you needed when you're in a bind where he could come and like fuck somebody up if they're messing with you. I got a fun story for that one. I'll have to I'll have to tell it another time because it'll go way off topic. But yeah, I mean, they were all my uncles. All the brother husbands were my uncles. But yeah, so I, I'm sorry that you have to suffer through that, Autumn. I know what it's like to lose someone you love and I've lost my fair share in this life. I... I want to talk very lightly about Eric, but before I do that, I I do want to say, since we're on the topic of losing loved ones, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. Well, first of all, I'm 37, so a lot of my friends are still living. I haven't really lost a lot of friends yet. You know, the older you get, you know, they start kind of dying off, or that's how the saying goes. So I don't really have a lot of experience with loss and death. But I had a very good friend. Quite frankly, she was one of my best friends. And her name was Jessica, and she lived across the street from me, literally. We lived in Gross Point Park, which is in Michigan. And my flat was on the top floor, and her flat was on the bottom floor across the street. So you could literally look from my balcony into her living room. She also was a flight attendant with me. Anyway, she and I were very, very, very close. We did have a falling out at one point, but we had started kind of rekindling our friendship and we had made amends. And I'm so glad we did because um, she was found dead. And I don't know what the cause of death was. Uh, I can make my assumptions. I wanted to bring this up because, you know, we talked about coping mechanisms and and ways that people deal with their demons. My friend Jessica had a lot of demons and she dealt with them by drinking in excess quite a bit. Uh, and also, you know, she also was self-medicating. But losing her really took a huge chunk out of my uh, out of my soul because not only had I not experienced loss before, um, I lost her before I lost my grandmother or my grandfather. I lost one of my absolute best friends. And it's really hard to recover from that. I think what's even harder to recover from is losing a sibling. And I think that no one knows that better than you, Amber. That and was and still is probably the hardest thing. Even... I mean, I can talk about it now openly as the years have gone on. This was back in 1997, but I can still remember everything from that day. I mean, clear as I, I've repressed a lot of my memories because I've had to, and I wish that this one would go away because I can still hear the people coming to the door. We were at my mom's friend's house and Eric was with her son when he was murdered and my mom was cooking spaghetti in the kitchen and her friend was in the bedroom 
and I was outside riding my bike with April and these people had walked up to the door and April was um, Jonathan's sister. The, Jonathan was the boy who was with Eric when he passed away. Robin was on the phone. My mom's friend was on the phone with her husband who had taken the boys to this warehouse. And that's when they will get into how he passed away and everything. But um, he was supposed to be responsible for the boys. I remember my mom screaming no. And so April and I ran to the front door and ran through the door. And I still like I can still my mom, my mom makes a very, a very delicious spaghetti sauce. But I can still smell the the noodles burning after everything happened and um, the, the, the sauce burning. And at the same time that the people were telling Myra what happened, um, Robin was on the phone with her husband and she's yelling, no, 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 because he had also just found out. So, I mean, I remember it's it's like that day is so vivid to me. It's. There's a lot of things surrounding Eric's death that are very vivid to me. Um, I can't even explain it. And as, as much as I've moved, I don't want to say moved past it because I'll never get over it. It's gotten easier to talk about. But every time I actually center in and think about and remember that day, I get so emotional. And it, that, I don't think that will ever change. That was always me and Eric were very close. He was my best friend. He was my protector. I was his annoying little sister, but he always made sure that I was taken care of and not having that. And like you had said earlier, not thinking that it's true. I remember as a child thinking that Eric was still going to walk through the door. I wouldn't, when, when I was younger and Eric would go to school before I was in school, my mom would make me cereal and I would not eat it. I would not touch it until Eric got home. I know that's gross, right? Now that I think about it, I'm like, ew, that milk's been sitting out. Afterwards, I refused to eat cereal at all, like until Eric came home. I, I thought in my heart that he was going to walk back through the door. It took me a very long time to realize that he's not coming back. Even, you know, seeing him at his funeral, I didn't, it didn't, it just wasn't real to me. It's, it was, it was very, very, very hard on me. And I think it was hard on everybody, but I think that it was hardest on, the hardest on me. And I don't mean that to sound selfish, but he took care of me. He took me everywhere with him. So not having him there was extremely difficult. I remember the day I found out clear as day. And I, I do agree with you. I think, I think it really hurt you and hit home the hardest for you. But it sure as hell affected me too, because he was like my big brother. You know, he, we were raised side by side for a little bit. And, and then after that point, like all the family vacations, and everything, like he was like my big brother and he was so cool. He was my cool big brother. And he was my cool cousin. You know, I remember the day I found out because it was a Tuesday. Eric died on a Sunday. On March 16th, 1997 is when he passed away. And then Tuesday, March 18th, I was in my technology class typing away. And I look at my crush, Greg Simon, and I say, are you going to come to my birthday party? Because my cousin Eric's going to be there and he's going to teach us all how to surf. And this is something that Eric and I had worked out, that Eric was going to come to my birthday party on the beach, teach everyone how to surf. And we we're going to have a great time. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, I'm going to be the coolest chick in the freaking school after this, right? So I remember telling Greg Simon that my cousin Eric is going to teach us all how to surf at my birthday. 
And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. That'd be cool. I go home. I'm in my room doing my thing. And my dad comes in and my dad's, you know, my dad worked a ton. So I don't even think my dad was supposed to be home at this point. And he sits me and my brother out in the living room and tells us, you know, what happened. And I just looked at him and said, you should have told me. Like, that's the only thing I could think of was like, why didn't you tell me? Like, why, why did you wait two days? Not that it fucking matters. Eric's dead, right? So what does it matter? But to me, it mattered. It mattered so much. And so anyway, so, and and we'll definitely get into the story on the next episode, but I do want to say this. It affected me so much that I used to, so ridiculous now that I say it out, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. So I used to have to walk a couple miles to the bus stop. This is when kids actually walk to the bus stop. I lived kind of in the country of Palm Coast at this point. This is before Palm Coast even got built up. And I remember walking in the woods and I would literally just talk to the forest like Eric was out there. And I used to just beg him for a sign that he was listening. And I remember seeing these little butterflies and they're like the yellow swallowtails. I remember going, oh, is that you? You know? And so I said, okay, from this point on, whenever I see a butterfly, I'm going to know it's you. And then literally from that point forward, like anytime, like I want to talk to him, I'm like, okay, come on, little butterflies. Like, where's my cousin? (laughs) Like, where's Eric? But I used to talk to him every single day walking home from that bus stop after he passed away. And I said, if I ever had a son, I would name him after him. Joke's on him because I'm infertile. So, <laughs> Well, I wanted to name, um, actually, that's, I wanted to name Weasel after Eric, but Dan was not for that. So Goose, his middle name is Eric. And I'm very, very happy that I was able to put his name somewhere. You know, it's, every time I yell at the baby, I'm like, hmm, Eric. And then I'm like, oh, Eric. And it kind of calms me down. I think like Eric is in spirit. Like, don't yell at that baby. Don't well, yell he, at that baby with my middle name. You know, it's funny. I just said jokes on him because I'm infertile. He's like, haha, jokes on you. I sent you the man of your dreams and his name's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and Autumn, I I know that you and you, you too, Echo. I mean, you were just a baby, but I know you guys really never... You, Autumn, definitely never got to meet him or be around his presence, but he was such an amazing human for the short 14 years that he was on this planet. And so on the 26th anniversary of his passing, we are going to uh, air an episode dedicated to him and we're going to share his murder story. We're not going to be all ominous and keep talking about it, but not give you guys the story. I think... It would be nice to air it on a Thursday instead of a Friday if we do it on his anniversary. So, yeah. So, I guess that's something we have to look forward to. Bust out your uh, your tissues, Amber. And uh, we're going to get deep on that one. And, I, and Autumn and Echo, I know you guys don't. This episode kind of is removed from you guys. But it's also not because I think you guys suffered a lot because of his murder uh, and his his death and his absence and what that did to Myra. But also I think it's important for you guys to be there, even if you don't really have a lot to add. Um, 
verbally because I feel like you can get to hear a little bit more about him from two people who loved him very much. I know a lot about him. I wish that I met him. I like Autumn has asked me, um, and actually not that long ago, you know, when, when we hung out, she's, can you just give me some memories of you and Eric? Can you just tell me some things about Eric? You know, she, I do, you know, and I do, I tell her stuff and you would have loved him. Everybody that knew him loved him. You would have absolutely, and he would have adored you. You probably, you probably would have been his favorite too, because you were everybody's favorite, apparently. She still yeah. is, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I do, like, whenever I have the chance, I go to his grave. I've always left flowers. Like, I talk to him, like, whenever I, like, I talk to my dad and Sal, like, I'll always mention, I'll be like, hey, what's up? Like, <laughs> how are you out there? But yeah. I do, I think about him often. I think that his death affected me and Echo as well. Can't speak for her, but I mean, I wish that I got to know him. For sure, 100%. You guys would certainly be wrapped around his little finger. <laughs> or he would be wrapped around your fingers. What? How does that saying go? Would they be wrapped around his finger or would he be wrapped around theirs? Uh, they he would be wrapped around my finger. Yeah, someone's wrapping something around someone's finger in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, on that note, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a hard one, but I think it's going to be a good one. And, uh, yeah. So, anything else getting, you guys want to add? I'm getting emotional thinking about it already. And before that episode airs, I would have that poster that you made actually i could okay i see it right now the poster that you made and i want i will as soon as we get off this call i'm going to take a picture of it so you can post it on the socials when that episode airs yeah i definitely want to post a bunch of pictures of him i've been posting some photos of him uh sporadically here and there but i want to post a, a lot more so all right girls well i will see you guys next week thanks for getting all emotional with me Anytime. All right, guys. Love you. God. What the fuck? Are you being tortured in these, like, like minute sessions with us? No, but I'm tired. I'm trying to go to bed every night at 8.30. Yes. But you're also the one that makes it difficult and makes us do this at 8.30 at night. And you're the funny I one, so we need you. I know. Yeah. I also live two hours like ahead of you guys so that's the only reason it's not yeah so we all stay up later to to make it work for you yeah, we're accommodating <laughs> you i said i could do it this saturday i'm in california all right well i i love you guys love, love you too two more months bye. to our cruise boop, boop. let the countdown begin can't wait love bye. you bye love you bye, bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Wicked Awesome Sisters podcast and that it gave you a sneak peek into our Wicked Awesome Sisterhood. Next week, we'll pick up right where we left off. To stay in the loop and catch us when our next episode drops, you can subscribe to this channel. For our family tree diagram and more fun facts and photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Wicked Awesome Sisters. Till next time, stay wicked. Wicked awesome, that is.